Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Cinematic Universe live news Minnesota thing. Uh, hello to those of you who've joined us live on YouTube, uh, to those of you watching on YouTube afterwards, or to those listening to the podcast afterwards. Hopefully we will have usable enough audio that we can once again put this out as a podcast. Uh, we're doing this again because this is a really easy and, and <laughs> quick and straightforward way to do the news minisodes. Uh, and as we've discovered the last couple of times we've done this, it means that people can correct us and chat to us live as we're going along. Uh, so I am, if you didn't know, because I realised we're doing a podcast version as well, I am Sir Patrick and I am joined as ever by James Hunt. Hello, James. Hello, I am James Hunt. Uh, but we have another guest this time. Uh, some of you may remember him from previous appearances on the podcast. Uh, he hasn't been on our on our movie live streams yet, uh, but we are delighted to have him on the uh, on the Minnesota tonight. So, hello to Michael Leader. Michael hello, guys of, of Film Four, uh, Little White Lies, Ghibliotech, Sight and Sound fame. My- Michael is our <laughs> credible film friend, basically. Right. <laughs> That's I'm, unfair uh, on Amon. <laughs> unfair on all of your guests recently. No, sorry. Yeah, no, we have we have lots of credible film guests. I just meant more outside of the podcast. Uh, if I have a take on something to do with film, I basically run it past Michael first and uh, get his take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you me can't blame me for all your takes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got a few things to talk about, uh, a couple of bits of news that have come up in the in the last couple of weeks. Well, actually, in the last few days, to be honest, I think all the things we're talking about are very recent uh, because the news seems to be kind of coming and going in waves. Um, but really what inspired us to do a minisode was, was one particular piece of news which um I, I i think i think we might as well just get straight into because it's going to just cause a lot of amusement and mirth actually before it does i'm just going to quickly say hello to everyone who's quickly appeared in the comments which are uh, jack neil terence erkman various things abigail you're going to want to watch and neil so that's a surprising amount of people watching the, the live version so thank you and hope you enjoy and feel free to send us comments as we go along uh but yes our first bit of news is that New Mutants is still pretending that it is a film that exists. Um, completely against everyone's expectations and completely against the grain of what's been happening as regards movie release dates being pushed back because of coronavirus. Um, New Mutants announced an August release date. Announced a release date for a month when everyone else seems to be pushing things back. And just to be clear... This was not a streaming or a video on demand release date. This was a theatrical release date. 
uh, of August the... I've lost the window where I had it open. 28th, 28th of August. This is scheduled mm. to be released. Uh, just, just, just to remind you, to catch you up, uh, for those of you who, ca who can't remember all of the various twists and turns in this saga, this film was shot between July and September 2017, was originally slated for release in April 2018, uh, was then pushed back. Uh, I don't even know what the next date after that was. Did it get pushed to July 2019? No, was, I've, got, I've got the four previous release <laughs> on, dates okay. here. Run, run through the so, previous April 13th, 2018, February 22nd, 2019, <laughs> August the 2nd, 2019, and most recently, April 3rd, 2020. <laughs> yeah, which was the, you know, that was the, okay, Disney have got it. That's when it's coming out. And you can't yeah. blame them for that delay. Although I think that was the point where we all went, this really should be on, on a streaming platform. Mm. I think my favorite of all of those is that at least that this is at least according to Wikipedia that the August 2019 one uh, was to avoid Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, was it just to avoid being sucked in by the shit of Dark Phoenix? It's fair if to only say we all have... could have avoided Dark Phoenix, really. <laughs> <laughs> this film has definitely avoided Dark Phoenix, that is fair to say. I would um, not have I'm... expected New Mutants to be our Chinese democracy. <laughs> Will it live up to forever. that hype? Yeah. Um, I, I, there was a so so the Radio Times published an article uh, with the with the title "Why the New Mutants Movie Should Be Delayed Forever," and I just want to say that's our shtick. Leave it alone. That's that's our bit. Uh, I do kind of think that this has reached a point where. When the film does eventually come out on a streaming platform in 2021, um, nothing's nothing's going to live up to the expectation. What well, expectation? But just the... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what do we even expect at this point from it? I'm expecting I, I've forgotten everything <laughs> from previous trailers. I, I think I remember who's in it. But this is meant to be the horror X-Men film, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. None I of the mean, cast I look like that anymore, as well. On, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the plus side, all the sort of speculation about the um, sort of re-editing of the film and the reshoots and the changes to production that were made and then unmade. You know, the attempt to weave it in and out of X Men to put in a James McAvoy cameo and then remove it. <laughs> People have mostly forgotten all that stuff, right? I think so. so like, I think the troubled production that could have blighted this has been replaced by a general like, well, it keeps getting pushed back, but who knows why. I, I think it's true that the release date is the most notable and memorable thing about this film now. And as you say, yeah, more so than the first time it was pushed back, it was, oh God, the film could be an absolute disaster and they're trying to change it and they're trying to make it better. And yeah, I, I think because there have been so many pushbacks, I think people have probably largely forgotten the reason for the original pushbacks. And now it's just become that film that got caught up in uh, the Fox Disney takeover and then in coronavirus. Um, yeah. um, for all that we've been saying you know, about this idea that um, I think it will just end up on streaming platforms. Apparently, it does. according to this comment, it does need to be released in cinemas. That was part of the the fox deal which is what makes me think maybe it will just we'll just never see it rather than um 
what if uh, another comment what if new mutants release is conditional on zero cinemas being open at the time <laughs> um, i mean it could you know it could do a bloodshot it could come out in cinemas nobody goes to see it for a week and then it gets a home release where i mean i, I haven't looked and i probably should have looked as, as to whether bloodshot's actually done kind of relatively decent numbers on home release i mean I we watched it but no, I, I think I think it's probably done better. Well, I feel it's almost certainly done better now than it would have done on its home release six months down the line from a, getting a normal theatrical release. Now, um, I do. I just think if they could find a way, and if there is a contractual issue, there's always a way around contractual things. Surely, if they could find a way to get this on a streaming platform now, the accompanying sort of joy of look you mutants it's here i think would get a lot of people watching it in a way they might not otherwise have done um but as for the Mike, question <laughs> would you have watched new mutants <laughs> on streaming <clears throat> oh on streaming that's a different question I'm, what i'm intrigued by is that if, how is the situation around new mutants any different to artemis fowl and that you'd think that would be that's going straight to streaming right that's going straight to disney plus that's got big stars it's kenneth branner it's a adaptation of a you know series of novels you'd think that how you know what's different there i, I think I, I will still watch new mutants but hmm just at this stage i think not to labor too much on this whole music music uh, analogy but you know how let it be for many years was the dark horse of the beatles um <laughs> run of albums because it was messed around with and released with phil Spector putting loads of orchestration over the top and then 20 odd years later paul mccartney did a version called let it be naked which took all that away why don't we just skip straight to the look you know the deluxe box set version of new mutants that has <laughs> every cut every cameo that was changed just give give us all what we want and have audio commentaries where everyone comes clean just bring back a 35 year old Maisie williams to do some reshoots for a <laughs> <Yeah>. 17 year old <laughs> part um yeah, and it, but this is the thing, you know, I mean, con, con, contract seems to be the issue, but Neil says in the comments, you can always get around contractual gubbins with wadges of cash. I think maybe the point is nobody wants to throw any more wadges of cash at this film. Well, you but have I, to I assume, though, like, like, find a way to... like Mike says, any, any contractual issues that are affecting New Mutants will probably be the same for Artemis Fowl, and there's going to be some clause in the contract that, like, hey, if every cinema in the country shuts simultaneously, we don't have to put it in cinemas, right? Mm, surely, yeah, surely. you would think. But maybe they just forgot to include that clause in yeah. their deal. Um, Erkman 12, the 12th of the Erkman, uh, comments <laughs> to say, uh, to be fair, Wonder Woman still has an August release date and that might not stick either. I think that's the thing, though. I don't think that August date is going to happen for Wonder Woman now. I think the longer things go, things go on, the more it becomes apparent that even if we might be in a position to go and see films, I think the, the knock-on effect... What I've seen talked about with Wonder Woman and, and Rumour today is that um, Wonder Woman might get pushed back because of a knock-on effect from Tenet, the Christopher Nolan film. So if that has to get pushed back, that might get Wonder Woman's August slot. And that's why Wonder Woman we might now not see until 2021. Um, I'm not sure the audience for Tenet and Wonder Woman are that similar. I think it's more to do with they're both Warner Brothers and it's Warner Brothers released slots. Yeah. So don't ask me why studios can't release their own films at the same time. But, you know... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I, I think the point is is that it's strange when films like wonder woman which are due in august and which we are seeing talk of potentially being pushed back for a film to plant its flag in august is interesting i i like the chutzpah of the fact that they they came along and showed up on twitter with a new poster with the date on it saying we're back and it, I, I like the acknowledgement of that 
Um, I, I think it's too much Hutzpah because I don't think it's going to make that release date, but I'm quite pleased to to see that. And yeah, just on that, very, uh, various things are coming to say about that. I think the, Mike, the difference with Artemis Fowl is Artemis Fowl uh, has okay. not gone through this ownership change that has presumably That's... had part of the Fox deal. There was something that said, look, you've got to get this film out. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I just think, <laughs> you know, if you think to the past of the various running jokes we've had on this podcast and, uh, and you know, obviously Gambit being the main one, I mean, I still almost expect to see Gambit before I expect to see New Mutants. Uh, and I did like that as soon as this news was announced, like we had several replies on Twitter going, oh, have you just recorded a minute <laughs> because this news has just come out. Um, but yeah, and, and and as for what we might see uh, when we see the film itself, um, I'm just expecting a, a very middling <laughs> kind of... Yeah, me uh, too, because that's all that, <laughs> that is all that we've had. From yeah, Fox. and, and, and X Men franchise for the last several movies, and it's I been a very middling take on the X Men. Yeah, and it will probably feel less X Men than than anything. Um, but I think there probably is a, at least some sense of urgency of they probably have to get this out of the way before whatever happens with mutants in the MCU happens. But let's face it, that's not going to be for I think. What, yeah, I think we're still a long way off anyway. That. So, but but you know. We, you could say we're not going to be sat here in three years' time still talking about New Mutants not having been released, but we could have said that in April 2018. <laughs> um, someone said they wanted to, to see a, a supercut of like every time we've talked about New Mutants on the podcast. And if I if I had the time and inclination, I'd go back and find If anyone wants to go back and listen to old news episodes and find all the times that we talked about New Mutants and stitch it all together, I will happily put it out uh, on the Patreon, if not on the main feed. um okay so i mean do anything else to to say about about new mutants at at this point (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay well we'll we'll move on then um you'll know by the way i'm not doing the trying to put images up on screen as well as the fancy banners it was it was too confusing last time and i kept forgetting to click them off at the right time (laughs) Uh, but let's go on to our second news story um you can't handle the tooth (laughs) i did not endorse these (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so this was, a, I mean, not a not a, a huge surprise in terms of this being something happening because it, it is something that has been talked about being a, a screen version before. But I think the speed with which we've suddenly had news and confirmed news about this. Um, this is Sweet Tooth, the Jeff Lemire uh, Vertigo series, uh, uh, previously in development as a, a series, uh, I want to say maybe at Hulu, I'm not sure, or maybe HBO. Um, but anyway, so back in 2018, there was talk of an adaptation of it. Um, it has now been picked up by Netflix. Um, it's being produced by Robert Downey Jr.'s production company, which has led to lots of headlines about Robert Downey Jr. abandons Marvel for DC. And it's like, no, it's just his production company. He's producing it. He's not, he's not in it. He's not otherwise involved in it. But it makes a nice headline. Um, and yeah, so it's it's going to be at Netflix. Uh, I think it has had uh, an initial uh, trying to find the number in the variety article. It's had a, a eight episode order. There we go. Um, and they've since then in the last couple of days also announced some cast for it. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Nope. Um, no. Okay. So, well, well. So, well. Before we move on to talking about the cast, um, I'll talk about Sweet Tooth itself. How much do you know about Sweet Tooth the comic, if anything at all? Oh, I read the first volume or two, but it's is it fifteen years ago, uh, twelve years ago, or something? 
that long ago. I've got, the, I've, got, I've got the first volume here, which is the only volume that I own, which I bought a few years ago. Uh, it was around the same time as Day Sleeper, wasn't it? Oh, wow, yeah. It was, yeah, 2009 originally, which mm. was what was five. And yeah, so similar kind of time to Day Sleeper, which, which is a better comic. To be when, the, when the first, it, when Sorry, Day first issues, Day Tripper. I've been listening to too much REM. Uh, <laughs> you can never listen to too much REM. <laughs> um, it was around the time where Vertigo were doing like $1 first sync for first yes, issues, weren't they? That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was, a, it, was, it was a good period for Vertigo, generally that. Um, yeah, so this this is written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire is someone who's got a really interesting career because he's done quite a lot of uh, superhero stuff at DC and Marvel, and I don't think he's ever had a definitive or even particularly high quality run on anything at those companies. I've read enjoyable stuff by him. He did a Justice League United series at DC that was that was quite enjoyable, but he's never done anything where where I've gone wow, this is the Jeff Lemire of his creator-owned work. Um, his creator-owned work, when it's when it's good and at its best, is some of the best stuff I've seen in comics over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, the uh, Essex County, the graphic novel that he did, that's um, kind of just all about intertwining families in Canada, uh, the underwater world. Uh, um, I really liked his recent image series, Royal City, and I thought that ended too soon. That was kind of, that felt like it was hitting its stride and then he, he brought it to an end kind of sooner than expected. Um, he's His main shtick seems to be uh, father issues. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> finally a writer willing to tackle father issues. <laughs> no, but he does them well. And I'm, I'm like, I mean, if you, I feel like we've probably recommended it to Joe on the podcast at some point. But if you haven't read Essex County, now I, I'm, I'm sure there was years ago in Minnesota where where Joe read it after we told it to. It is it's a wonderful comic. It's so uh, kind of just achingly sad. <laughs> Um, Does but, someone want to explain the premise of Sweet Tooth? So, because I, I know nothing I'm about it. I, it. So, <laughs> so the thing was, I, I knew that I had read the first volume of Sweet Tooth, but I could barely remember anything about it because I read the first volume, kind of quite liked it, but maybe not enough to um, to carry on and, and read subsequent volumes. It's the kind of thing where it's always been, oh, if it shows up in a sale, I might pick it up. But also, if I've bought one volume of something in trade, I'm kind of like I've want to read the rest of it in print uh, i will just read you the blurb from the back of the book seems like the easiest mm -hmm. way to, to describe it so uh, a decade ago the affliction raged like a forest fire killing billions and the only children born since are a new breed of human animal hybrid gus is one of these endangered children a boy with a sweet soul a sweeter tooth and the features of a deer and you can see that on the on the cover there that's gus he, he has antlers uh, but kids like Gus have a price on their heads. When vicious hunters descend on his isolated forest home, a mysterious and violent man called Jeopard rescues Gus. The hulking drifter promises to lead Gus to the preserve, a fabled safe haven for hybrid children. As the two cross this dangerous new American frontier, will Jeopard corrupt Sweet Tooth, as the killer has nicknamed him, or will it be Gus's heart that changes Jeopard? So it's your classic sort of, you know, he has this kind of adoptive father figure who's this big hulking brute of a loner type guy. It's got this kind of quest narrative, this, you know, they're, they're looking to get to this place. I could very much see this as kind of scratching a walking dead kind of itch for people, if I kind of think of it in a, in a TV thread. <laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic, you know. Um, I mean, I, 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 I think the Walking Dead's more fans, interesting than Walking Dead. But... <laughs> I think the Walking Dead's fans are turning up for one thing and one thing only, and unless we do pivots <laughs> to being a grim zombie apocalypse. <laughs> 
probably not going to be the same audience. But, you know, it, but it is that classic sort of, you know, the road would probably be another. It's that kind of, you know, post-apocalyptic journey sort of narrative, which that's that's what Walking Dead does, right? They're trying to get somewhere in Walking Dead, are they? Or do they get Surely. somewhere and then stop? I, I don't they know. They get I, somewhere I, and then stop, yeah. Okay, I only read the first book, so <laughs> we did it for a <laughs> podcast about 10 years ago. <laughs> um, but no, I, I remember quite liking it, and it's very Jeff Lamari. I always find that stuff that he's drawn himself is generally better than stuff that he's written with another artist. It tends to be a bit, a bit more personal. Um, so there has been some cast announced for it. What's interesting is... They've announced that uh, an actor called a young actor called Christian Convery is is playing Gus, but they've announced other actors and not said who they're playing, and none of them seem right for Jeopard. So I don't know if it's that they they haven't announced who's playing Jeopard yet, or that they're not using that character, or that they're using that character but they're going to have a quite different take on it. Uh, because the cast that we've had announced, well, we've had James Brolin is going to narrate it, which is interesting. Um, but the rest of the cast are Will Fort. So of the cast who've been announced, I think Will Fort probably seems like the most likely to be Jeopard, but still kind of can't see it. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. Um, then there is uh, Nonzo Anozi, who I don't know, but who is British. Um, and uh, what has he been in according to his article? Oh, he's in Artemis Fowl, mentioned previously. <laughs> Uh, he's also been in Game of Thrones um, and various British and American films. Um, and possibly the most interesting one, Adil Akhtar, um, who was uh, Faisal in Four Lions, the mm-hmm. the hapless Faisal, in, the one from that bit in Four yes. Lions, yeah. <laughs> uh, among various other. He's one of those people who, over the last few years, he just keeps showing up in things on TV. and like I, What's that he, bit in... in... <laughs> but i'm thinking specifically of spoilers the bit where one of who you think is one of the lead characters gets blown up halfway through okay. the film yeah. <laughs> that one he, he sort of he crossed over to the states isn't he um the brother in the big sick um i remember being quite surprised seeing him pop up oh, um, oh, right. you, you, you think of him as so british yeah um oh, you're right yeah um, but yeah, he's 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 yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing I don't say. He's, he's he's someone who, whenever you see him show up, he's very reliable in things. So mm-hmm. that's say, you know, I, I don't know what I don't remember anything else about any other of the characters in the book. So uh, I couldn't right. peg who he could be playing. And this feels like something where, you know, even if you have read the the entire series and it's a forty issue series, um, it could be something where they, the the TV show goes in a completely different direction. Anyway, IMDb uh, says he's playing a DTS Singh. Right. I mean, that's Isn't IMDb. It? IMDb yeah. once said that Norman Lovett was going to be playing uh, Davros in Doctor Who. <laughs> no, I mean, he is right. Do I'm upset. It there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. So, I, I, you know, as I say, Sweet Tooth, I, I, I feel it is a series I feel like I should have read more of. It's one, mm-hmm. it's one of several comics where I bought my dad the first volume of it and he went and bought all the remaining volumes because he enjoyed it. So he, he liked it more than I did. Um, but I mean, he really likes Jeff Lamar generally. But um, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to to see this. See where it goes. Yeah, the, the, the only thing that's keeping me interested in it is uh, that Jim Mickle is co-showrunning and directing it. And I don't think you'd heard the name before, had you said, well, James, when I when I mentioned Jim Mickle. No, no. So he, I, I guess, his thunder in the last few years might have been taken by Mike Flanagan, um, just because they, they came out of a similar sort of independent horror. Uh, background in the states uh, i'd say that jim mickle is a, a, a real um master of flannel shirted 
genre of storytelling. Um, uh, in a similar way to Jeff Lemire, actually. I know Sweet I Tooth has, say, has I mean, basically you, you a plaid shirt as the... And like, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, flannel shirts are very much a Jeff Lemire thing. He's Canadian, so... And you know. his... his um, uh, Jim Mickle's kind of uh, kind of calling card to begin with was a, was a film called Stakeland, which was a post-apocalyptic vampire film in which okay. a vampire hunter and his protege traversed what a new, a new American frontier. Is that what, the, what they said on the back of uh, the uh, Sweet Tooth? There, it was basically very similar setup. Um, this dangerous he, new American frontier. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a very similar setup. So I, I can okay. see the the crossover there. But he is. Some of his films are fantastic. He made a film a few years ago called Cold in July, which is a real look at sort of masculinity um, wrapped up in a sort of eight, cool 80s um, crime thriller. And he did a remake of the cannibal film We Are What We Are, which is one of the few horror remakes that are almost as good as the original, if not better. But he's been, he's been um, making a TV series, I think, for Amazon called Happen Leonard for a few years. Mm. And... I mean, I'm sure Joe would have something to say about that, but I don't. I haven't watched it. Uh, I, I, so I guess that's what he's been busy doing for a few years, and now he's coming back to a new project that is, seems quite exciting. He's his films are really good. Um, I can't talk about Happen Leonard, so I'd be interested to see what he does with something like this. And he's very well suited to the to the tone, I think. That's why we get you on, Mike. Although you, you you undercut yourself by saying that Joe would know more about Happen Leonard, and maybe we should have got Joe on as well. Well, it's, t- it's telly. As well. So yeah, I pro- maybe maybe I won't end up watching Sweet Tooth if it's telly. It's Netflix. That's not telly. <laughs> I, I I I kind of feel like we should have a term for um, streaming television. I I feel like television is linear broadcast television, and we should have a different term for content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, content, content. episodes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that's Sweet Tooth. Um, yeah. So I I, th- I think if nothing else. This news has made me go. Oh, I should go back and check out more of the comics. So I'll, I'll go and do that while we wait for. I mean, I, presumably, you know, they're not going to have shot any of this yet, so um, I don't think we're going to be seeing it for a little while. But as I say, a the, couple of years to get to yeah, get uh, yeah. up on Sweet Tooth. But the speed at which they've announced it and they've given it a logo and the, and it's got a cast and it's and it's Netflix and usually when Netflix kind of says they're doing something that usually does happen yeah yeah at least uh, for two seasons and then they cancel it exactly (laughs) we'll we'll look forward to both seasons of uh uh, before we move on from that have have either of you read any black hammer and i know you didn't really mention that in your jeff jeff lemire no Uh, roundup i really like it i mean it's it's basically he's been given a whole canvas to mess with Mm. by dark horse because they clearly want a new mignola verse um to, to replace hellboy you know that's kind of wrapping up or scaling down and BP, replacing bprd or whatever it's um it's fun it, it... I, um i mean lamar's done a lot i mean he's, he's very prol- prolific as a writer and i but i think probably since that that kind of early the essex county kind of era of stuff royal city was the first thing to come along of the creator own stuff that i re- that really interested me like i never had things like uh after death and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but uh, also just a comment from from Andy, which is that actually, yeah, of his superhero stuff, yeah, Animal yeah. Man is probably the most exciting. I think it tailed off. I think it reached a point where he kind of done what he could with it. But I remember for about the first ten or twelve issues or so, that was that was really that was one of the better New Fifty Two launches. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what else. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, our next and possibly last bit of news. Yeah, it probably will be our last bit of news. I'm, I'm not going to do the fourth one. There's not much of a story around it. But uh, Mr. Soundman. Bring me a dream sound because it's an audio drama and uh, sound man because it's the Sandman. Um, you can't escape Neil Gaiman in the news at the moment. Um, <laughs> He's we are in trouble. Not, we are not going to talk about Neil Gaiman's personal life. Oh, come on, um, that's why it turned up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as I, as I said on Twitter earlier tonight, it's been a, it's been a wild old time. But if you've been a fan of Neil Gaiman for like twenty years and he's been very influential on you and on your life, and particularly when you were an impressionable teenager. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the milestrom around Neil Gaiman at the moment uh, and his own personal PR, coupled with the fact that this major project, that I don't think, did, you, did anyone else know this was happening? I had no idea this was even in development because there's a, obviously there's a Sandman Netflix show on the way, and it is Netflix, isn't it, the Sandman TV mm-hmm. show? Um, and... Um, <coughs> we got an update from Neil Gaiman about that where he basically said that yes it's it's all moving along they'd reached a point where they basically scripts were delivered for season one they would have been ready to start shooting but for the crisis so it that would they expect that to pick up again and they're even planning for a second season and then all of a sudden from out of nowhere uh, we get dropped on social media the cast for an audio drama adaptation of Sandman um, this is being produced by Dirt Mags because it's an audio drama and nobody else is <laughs> yeah. allowed to do audio mm-hmm. adaptations apart from Dirk Mags. Um, Dirk Mags obviously most famous for his adaptations of Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, he did the UK produced uh, Batman Nightfall and was there a, did he do a Marvel one as well? I'm not sure. I think he did Death and Return of Superman. He did a lot of DC comic stuff in the yeah. 90s. He did Independence Day UK that I remember hearing when it went out and with Patrick Moore and Simon Mayo and yeah, thinking he did um, Dirk Gently. Uh, he's done Dirt Gently, mm. uh, and as far as Neil Gaiman goes, he's already done uh, adaptations of Good Omens and Neverwhere. So this is the thing, he always seems to do an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman thing just at around about the same time as it's getting a TV version. Um, 
So it's it's not a surprise that he's doing a version of Sandman, but it was certainly um, a, a surprise to me that the sort of this was announced in this way. Um, what they've said that they're doing is uh, the first three books of Sandman, and we'll 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 talk through the cast that's been announced because what's interesting about this this cast and these characters is it suggests that they are taking a very close approach in a way that you expect the tv series absolutely won't but that they are just going to do a pretty straight adaptation of basically every bit of those first three books um and this is by the way unlike all of the other dirt mags adaptations this one isn't for bbc radio 4 unfortunately so we can't hear it for free on iplayer it's an audible thing which to be fair given the cast given the scale of it I'm not surprised that it probably needs an Amazon level budget behind it rather than a BBC in these trying times budget behind it. <laughs> um, so the headline cast that's been announced, um, James McAvoy is playing Morpheus, which is, uh, well, James McAvoy, I mean, he's done the other uh, Mags Neil game and stuff. So I'm not sure it would necessarily be who I would have first pegged to play Dream, but it's, you know, all right, isn't it? I'm getting blank faces from you guys. <laughs> It depends on his accent, right? <laughs> True. I can't imagine a Scottish dream. Uh, by the way, Mike, I can't remember. Have you have you read Sandman or not? Or is this all going to? Oh, be... I've, I, I read all of Sandman as a teenager, and oh, I'm okay, kind great. of yeah, yeah. Am I halfway <laughs> through a reread now? Um, I, can't, I can so, never so... remember from conversations with people if they have actually like read it or not. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not I, I'm not an expert on it, but I've, I have. But, but you I have, have read, read it. it. But yeah. you know who all these people are who we'll be talking about in terms of. The, yes. Well, once we once well they, they announced the entire cast, right? <laughs> yeah. So once we're getting a bit deeper, it's a bit yeah. it gets a bit foggy. Uh, but James McAvoy's Morpheus. I, I think that's that's okay. Yeah. If if he's if he's not doing his his own accent, and if it's he's not, not the voice, accent. it's not the voice of Morpheus that I heard when I was reading the book. I'll say that much. What kind of voice did you have? Because I I'm not sure I've ever been able to pin down Dream's voice. I assumed it would be deep, deep and mm. languid, but not like not like you know Christopher Lee as Terry Pratchett's death level sort of deep, right? I, I would say um, Patrick Stewart when he's angry. <laughs> okay, see, I think that sounds too old. I never think of him sounding old yeah. because he's like he's a movie teenager. Old, I think mm. he's I, I always think voice. So. I always think ancient. Mm. No, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that string, but but I don't know what All I right, was fuck you then. Come on, <laughs> let's hear your right, suggestions. Okay. Uh, well, I I think they should probably get Cat Dennings to play Death. I think that's what they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pre presumably, you have stronger feelings about that one, James. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. If if Cat Dennings was actually Death, I would be running into traffic right now. <laughs> like that guy in that issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I don't know if she's too sort of um, knowing or cynical. She's kind of. She strikes me. Okay, so here's here's my take. Right, is that the the sand the death of the Sandman comics is a very specific 1980s archetype, right? Hmm. That to some extent that character also created because all the goths went, "Oh, I'm going to do that." <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, Kat Denning strikes me as the sort of noughties uh, millennial death. Mm. Yeah, true. I think she occupies yeah, a it, similar it, space. It the character a little bit. Yeah, someone who yeah. someone who looks um, someone who looks a bit dark, but is actually kind of quirky and upbeat. Mm. 
I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen like Cap Dennings interact with Neil Gaiman on Twitter, this was not an incredibly surprising piece of <laughs> casting. No, it's quite. I think. Um, Riz Ahmed as the Corinthian is, I think, that a is amazing casting. Interesting, really good casting, yeah. Casted, but that's really good. And mm-hmm. given that, you know, that's to say, from the sound of it, they are, you know, they're doing books one, two, and three. And book two is the only one that kind of has a plot that runs through kind of the whole book really you know the, the rest are, are kind of shorter stories um yeah so the, so that is uh you would expect he's going to be quite major and quite a kind of beefed up role in that and that's yeah um taron edgerton as john constantine um i can imagine matthew ryan was on the phone to his agent immediately as soon as he saw this complaining about the fact that it wasn't him um but it's nice to see someone else get a go at being constantine you know, I, I just I looked this up earlier. I didn't know that Taron is from the Wirral. Is he born in Birk? Born in Birkenhead, it says. Oh well, it's he's so, I, I, so, so he's a woolly back, but that's still closer <laughs> geographically than closer okay. than everyone else so far. <laughs> well, because the well, cause the interesting thing about Constantine is is that obviously, like, he is a Scouser, but he wasn't originally written as one. And I think around yeah. about the time of Sandman, I don't know how much of Delano's stuff had been happening I, I, I don't know i think delano's hellblazer had been running for a little bit then but it was in that run where he was he was retrofitted to have been a scouser alan moore always wrote him as a londoner and i remember in the um the sandman presents stuff um and uh, like the, the kind of sandman spin-off stuff that you've got a writer called peter hogan did a lot of stuff with constantine and peter hogan is from south london and he was always quite adamant that he didn't like the idea that john constantine had been made into a scouser and he always wrote him as being a londoner so when i saw taron edgerton cast i was like okay so you're going more for a sort of a cockney john constantine but if he's okay so if he's from the wirral we could get the the hint of the accent in there so i like that he's one of those actors i realize i don't think i've ever heard him speak in his normal accent so i'm probably not surprised (laughs) although looking at his wikipedia now it seems like he moved around most of wales as well growing up so maybe he just has a bit of an everywhere (laughs) constantine another welsh constantine um but no but I, I would at least sort of think that if he's got that that family connection there and his, his parents mm. are from liverpool I'd, I'd trust in him to be able to do the accent even if he's you know not fully grown up there um the other names in the kind of the main cast list that got put forward which is interesting in itself because sort of some of them are like are these actually major roles in it um but michael sheen uh, as lucifer i mean that's a that's a bit of a home run really mm, um, definitely uh, Andy Serkis as Matthew the Raven. I mean, that's one where I don't know if uh, I feel like Matthew should have a bit more of a younger and naive voice. Mm, naive is the word I thought when I yeah. thought of Matthew. Uh, I love Andy Serkis, but yeah, I don't know if he's yeah. But this is voice acting, and you know, it's hard to disassociate how someone looks when you're looking at a photo of a famous actor and thinking of them in, in a role. Um, yeah, I think it's it's hard to think. Well, actually, if they're doing a, a a voice performance for an audio drama, you know, it could be completely different. So, um, the other main ones listed here were Samantha Morton as Urania Blackwell. Uh, so that is um, Element Girl. So that's a that so that's an interesting one because I mean that's that issue is one of the best issues of early Sandman. Yeah. Um, but it does not in any way tie into anything else. You can't imagine that that's a character. 
um, that's going to feed into the rest of the story in any way. It's a very yeah, it is. It's story. a story that if you are adapting Sandman, you would think we can leave that. We one can out. leave that one out. Yeah, I mean, as good as it is, you could leave it out. So, is it going to be an episode in its own right? And that's why she's kind of getting this billing because they're actually going to do an episode that's just her and death. I'd love it if they did. I think it'd be a really bold move if they did. But or is it going to be you'll get bits of that story throughout? I, I don't know. That's a that's a really interesting one. Um, and then. I don't know how to pronounce this. Bebe? Babe? New Earth? I'm looking for Michael here because I thought he might know. I always said, I always said Bebe. Bebe. Bebe New Earth. Bebe New Earth as the Siamese cat, which is the, the cat in The Dream of a Thousand Cats that, that goes. Again, one of the one-off stories in mm-hmm. the third volume. But that's one where I do feel like if you're going to do Sandman, particularly if you're doing it in an episodic way, you don't miss that one out because that's one of the famous ones. That's like people who've kind of probably you've never read comics but have read sandman if you say to them what do you remember from sandman i bet a lot of people remember that cat issue so i can, I can see that one being done um running then through the rest of the list so and this is i, d- I don't know what kind of order um <laughs> um um Dirt Mag's posted these in in terms of if there's any if there's any significance to the order um uh, but i'm just going to run through them um and if any jump out, feel free to talk about them. Um, Justin Vivian Bond as Desire. Um, Arthur Darville as William Shakespeare. So obviously they're going to do the... Uh, well, there's two Shakespeare appearances in in those first books because there's the Hobgadling issue and there's Midsummer Night's Dream itself. Um, William Hope as John D. Gorman from Aliens is playing yeah. uh, Dr. Destiny. Um, that's a bit of a fun one. Um, Matthew Horner's Hobgadling was the name in the list that jumped out to me where I kind of went but I have very strong opinions on Hobgadling he is my favourite character in the entirety of Sandman and uh, kind of nothing against Matthew Horn I don't I mean you know of 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 the Horn and Corden partnership uh, he's definitely the one that I dislike the least but I've also never really... I mean, he seems a bit young and not great. I mean, kind of the opposite of what I said about Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis feels to me like he would have been fantastic casting for Hob Gadling, mm. including in a live-action version. Hob Gadling was famously basically modelled on Bob Hoskins, was was what Gaiman oh, said the voice right. was, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, Matthew Horn, not sure about, could be good. Reginald D. Hunter as John Johns, the Martian Manhunter. That's great. I'm very on board with that. That's That's superb. Um, I think it's quite interesting that um, I think it's pretty much now a given that Martian Manhunter gets cast as black. I think that's sort of it feels like that's that's become you know that's never really a thing that the comics would have suggested, but that seems to have become like the the, the way to sort of play him now, which you know kind of to go off the back of um, what they've done with with him in Supergirl. But that's just superb, and uh, you know his voice is is fantastic, and I think. Uh, that what's interesting to me there as well <coughs> is that they um they are they're not leaving out the DC comics stuff. Uh, you are gonna have the issue where Sandman goes to the Justice League to <laughs> try and get his stuff back. And you know, but then again, it's Dirt Mag's doing it, so maybe that's not surprising. Um, Sue Johnston as Unity Kincaid. Um, not a major part, but like really good to see Sue Johnston there. Um Patterson Joseph as Karonzen. The, the demon that Dream goes and gets his helmet back from in the first volume. I love Patterson Joseph and always good to... And it, like, the, it would not be a Neil Gaiman adaptation without Patterson Joseph in it somewhere. <laughs> so, um, 
Uh, oh, Abby has just commented to say, uh, "Note Comics own John McRae and Jessica Martin. It's not Comics own John McRae. It's a, it's it's spelled differently and it's a different John McRae. I think they might have made a typo in the original list because I thought that as well. But we'll get to that because it's in the it's in the list that got posted. Um, Josie Lawrence is playing Mad Hetty. That's great. Yes. Uh, Anton Lesser. I know the name. Why do I, who's who's Anton Lesser? Why do I know the name? I don't know either. So. Hmm. Okay, maybe I don't. I feel like I know him from somewhere. But he's playing Dr. John Hathaway. That's a really small part in the in the first storyline. Um, Joanna Lumley as Lady Joanna Constantine. That's a good one. <laughs> that's Brilliant. that's spot on. As is Miriam Margulies as Despair. I'm not sure oh, how to that in advance, but that is um, excellent. Uh, an actor I don't know called Tom Alexander is the announcer and also playing various parts, uh, including Hal of Hal and, and Barbie. Um, Sagar Arya playing the connoisseur again. That's kind of a that's that's one of multiple parts in the serial killer thing. So it's it's interesting that he's kind of announced a few actors here who are playing relatively small parts, and you don't know if there's other parts that are around that. Um, Ewan Bailey as Crispin and Peter Quince, uh, Karen Barker as Ethel Cripps, and Goldie Goldie the gargoyle is is going to appear. <laughs> Uh, Samantha Bayart as Calliope and Judy Talbot from the first volume. Uh, Mitch Ben is playing Funland <laughs> in the serial killer story arc. <laughs> uh, Philippe Boscher as uh, Punk 2, the tailor and Demetrius. Lawrence I'd like Lee... to just shout out Philippe uh, just very quickly. Uh, okay. I used to play Grand Theft Auto Online with him. We used to be on oh. a, a, a video game uh, <laughs> podcast uh, message board. So I'm very happy that he's in this. <laughs> very yeah. happy for him. <laughs> Uh, Lawrence Bouvard as Barbie, Granny Goodness. They're <laughs> going to get that Granny Goodness cameo in there. Uh, and Della. So again, that's from the the uh, the Element Girl issue. Uh, Cliff Chapman as Garrison. I don't even. Re- oh, that is that a guy from the Richard Maydock story? I don't even recognise. Uh, Stephen Critchlow, uh, for, who is from the Oak Furniture Land adverts, and the reason I know that is that <laughs> he's also in Red Dwarf. Uh, he's, he was Captain Herring in in, season, in series eleven of Red Dwarf. He's playing Roderick Burgess, which is which is really good casting. Uh, ben Deary as Condell, that's from Midsummer Night's Dream. Sandra Dickinson has got multiple parts, including the Maiden from the the Three Witches. Uh, Felicity Duncan is playing Titania. Uh, Oris Uhuru is playing Ruthven Sykes and and Waterboy. Oh, that's another one of the serial killers. I think they've got a lot of people playing a lot of the different serial killers in that arc. Uh, Danica Fairman as Rosemary and the Bereaved Mother. Rachel Fowler as Miranda Walker. Uh, Don Gillet, uh, who's been in Doctor Who uh, as Bottom and the Young Man from Tales of the Sand. How many more? How many more of these have we got? <laughs> It's quite a lot. I realised actually, I, I kind of when I started, I was like, I kind of, I'll try to just pick out some of the more interesting ones rather than literally go. That's a good it. idea. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that they've got James Good playing the Scarecrow because he played the Scarecrow in the 1990s Nightfall adaptation that that mm-hmm. Max did. So that's a really nice. That's uh, You've got Toby Longworth in there, who's been in there, all the various Hitchhikers and other adaptations. The reason I was going to read them all was there are names that I don't recognise, but that you might recognise and might have picked up on. <laughs> But uh, never mind. Uh, let's scroll down. So yeah, so there's a there's an actor. I know it is spelled the same, but there's an actor called John McRae, but it's not comics John McRae from the look of it. At least I don't think it is. Um, it, it doesn't look like it. Uh, Jessica Martin uh, from off of, also from off of Doctor Who is playing Judy Garland, who appears mm. in a dream sequence. Um, Kim Newman is playing himself. That's a good one. 
That's great. Yeah, that's I was about the fact that he was going to be in it. I was like, oh, brilliant. They've got Kim Newman playing the TV interviewer who interviews uh, Rick Maydock in the Calliope story, who was modelled on Kim Newman. It's never named as being Kim Newman, but he was basically Kim Newman. Uh, Ray Porter is in there playing various parts, various deep voice parts, Gilbert, Hector Hall. Martin Tembo. Oh, yeah, Martin Tembo does appear briefly in, in Doll's House. Blake Ritson is Alex Burgess. <laughs> Uh, Kerry Shale, another Red Dwarf uh, alumnus, has got loads of parts because he's a really prolific voice actor. He's playing Abel, he's playing Etrigan, he's playing Azazel, he's playing Scott Free. <laughs> so we're basically hitting the miscellaneous voices section here. <laughs> Pretty much, but you know, there's there's some good parts there. He's getting, he's getting to be a DC comic superhero. Uh, and yeah, and Neil Gaiman is, I think, is Neil Gaiman doing some, is he, he's narrating. Um, if free. Other people in it. Sorry, that was a big long read through. There were more tweets than I thought when I started reading that list. Anyway, <laughs> point is though, going through all of that, I think the, the the key thing is there are so many characters in there who are kind of minor characters throughout um, those first three books. It's like they're they're going deep on it. They're doing it properly. <laughs> they're not. They're, so the problem I have with this list is that. It implies a fairly close adaptation of the comics. Yeah. And my question is, is this going to be the best way for anyone to experience Sandman? Well, question from Andy. Do you think an audio adaptation of mm -hmm. Sandman would be comprehensible to someone who's never read the comic? Or would it be a terrible introduction? I think it would be comprehensible and a terrible introduction. <laughs> yeah, I think it is one of those where it's like, like with doing the TV show, I, I'm very comfortable with the idea of the TV show completely being its own thing and its own spin. Sandman is not a story where I need to see it completely faithfully adapted for TV. You know, I've complained about other comics not doing that, but with Sandman, Preacher I'm talking about, I think Preacher just could have been a perfect TV show done pretty much as it was. Never mind. Didn't happen. <laughs> Sandman... I'm happy for it to totally be its own interpretation of the idea of Sandman because I think it needs to be for that form because I think the the original series is so rooted in being that comic. Um, that, well, yeah, the, thing, if... the thing about Sandman, right, is that it uses its medium spectacularly mm. many times and I feel like any adaptation should also do that. Mm. What, what it sounds like we're going to get is an audiobook version of the comic where there'll probably be a narrator filling in the gaps. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not I'm not sure that's the best way to do it. Like if if you're gonna make an audio version of Sandman, why not find some way to make the audio medium one of its yeah. strengths? Which it could do. I mean, you know. It is being made by someone. Hewing, hewing this close to the comics doesn't suggest to me that yeah, I think be, the adaptation yeah. would be better if it wasn't such a deep dive that includes all the minor characters. Maybe, um, but I, you know, I think D Dirt Mags is very good at making audio dramas that sound good and that 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 comfortingly bring you the thing that you liked originally. Is is what I will say about. <laughs> His his work, I think, he's I very good. No, I, I, and I mean that in a sort of like you, you, I don't think you'd ever listen to a Dirt Mag things and be, get annoyed at what they changed. I mean, maybe a little bit with some of the later Hitchhikers, 
versions that they did, but I think he's I think he's very good at being respectful of the source material. But I think the problem is, yeah, you probably don't have the 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 drive to kind of move it on and do something really different with the source material. But bearing in mind that we are getting a Netflix TV show, and also this isn't for the rate again, this isn't for Radio Four. This isn't designed to be stumbled across at six thirty on Radio Four by someone who needs to be eased in. This is on Audible. This is going to be looked for by fans. And bearing in mind Sandman, Sandman is one of the most successful comics ever. There are a lot of people out there in the world who've read Sandman at some point in their lives. I think if what you're looking for is here's a a new way to experience Sandman with a load of really great actors and people who you've heard of and the fun of having King Newman play himself and Reginald D. Hunter play the Martian Manhunter. Like that's you know, I think I think it'll be I think it could be enjoyable to listen to in that sense, even if it's not envelope pushing. <laughs> I, I suppose being a faithful adaptation is quite tricky because it's a comic that in, across those first three volumes is finding its identity and speed anyway, right? Mm. So I mean, true, the first three books are not the best three books of Sandman by well, any stretch well, of the imagination. <laughs> As you said, as soon as you say like Element Girl and as soon as you say Calliope, I'm thinking of single issues that would be amazing to actually hear as like hour-long audio dramas in their own right. But then how many episodes would we have to listen to to get to that? And yeah. I, actually, I actually quite like Preludes and Nocturnes, really. Um, oh, no, yeah, yeah. I do like. I, I like um, it, but it's not what the series became later on. It's like, you know, if you, if you jump straight in with like Brief Lives or something, it's mm-hmm. like that's, that's Sandman being like as, as good as it got sort of thing. And that's what was great about rereading it. For many years, I got the books when I was a teenager out of the library. So for many years, I only had maybe Preludes and Nocturnes and Doll's House as books that I owned. So I just yeah. kept rereading those and thinking, yeah, the, uh, you know, becoming a bit of a um, you know defender of those. Yeah. And then when I did this big reread, when I bought them all on Comixology, I was like, oh, no, it actually does get so much better yeah. so <laughs> so quickly after that. Yeah. Um so maybe that's something it's just I'll have to I guess they'll just drop it all at once anyway because it'll be audible. Mm. Is that what, how they do things maybe? Is I it? Assume so. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I've you never, can just dive straight into what you want to I've never listened just dive to, into to a release on audible. So no, I've, only like, ever, I've only ever got audiobooks on there so like as it, You would assume they're going to release it as as distinct audiobooks rather than episode by episode, right? But Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, Don't will I... it be broken into like half-hour episodes, or will it be broken into? Will it be done as three audio books? Will it be done as one audio book? I don't know. Don't Max we'll find out. Twitter, he's very, he's very okay. open and approachable and talks on Twitter. So. Here's a question: yeah. Do any of us expect to listen to it? Um. So no, I don't. But I was very excited about the Neverwhere radio adaptation um, years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, um, particularly with the cast. And I, I love Neverwhere. Um, and I, I, there's something about the radio drama, particularly the Dirk Mag style radio drama form that I, I can't get on board with. Yeah, um, exactly the, the, same the whole like movie for your ears um, type of you know sound design and all, and all that. I, I'm not mm-hmm. not a fan. I, I really like audio plays if they're comedy. So so audio sitcoms and you know speaking as made <laughs> one. Uh, it's but you know I I love Hitchhikers. I love things like Cabin Pressure. You know I I will happily listen to half hour radio sitcoms. 
Um, I do find audio dramas a bit harder to get on with. I've never got hugely into the Doctor Who Big Finish stuff. I find my attention can wander quite easily when trying to listen to them. And I had the same problem as you with Neverwhere. I was really keen on on the idea of that adaptation. And, you know, I'd listen to the Dirt Max Hitchhiker stuff, but Hitchhikers is a comedy. Um, both Neverwhere and Good Omens, I think I listened to the first episodes of and didn't manage to get any further. And it wasn't out of any, I'm not listening to this. It was just, I listened to the first one and then just never really got around to listening to any more of them. The fact that this isn't on the radio, so won't be on the iPlayer, um, you'll have to actively go and pay for it on Audible. Either will just completely put me off it, or I will go, oh, okay, I'm going to pay for it on Audible, and because I've paid for it, I'm going to actually give it a proper go. If I ever have a commute again, which, let's face it, we don't know in these current circumstances, but if and when I'm back to commuting, I will try and make it a commuting listen, you know, even if just for so I can talk about it on the podcasts. <laughs> um, Abby, who does seem to be our, our Dirt Mags expert, has confirmed that Dirt Mags has said that um, Morpheus will have an English accent and comments about how Mags is good at doing plot changes where things need it to make the structure work for audio drama. But yeah, I found adding new jokes in the right style to be a problem with his hitchhiker stuff. Um, but yes, wouldn't really be a problem here. Um, and yes, I totally agree with this comment. I think we talked about it before about Sandman that um, Sandman you can adapt because Sandman is about stories and about storytelling. Mm -hmm. You absolutely should be using whichever medium you're in to do a thing about storytelling. But I don't know. I, I just I thought this was a nice little sort of you know. I say little, having spent about twenty minutes running through all those <laughs> cast members. I thought we were going to be running half an hour and then we we ran through all of those. Um, and for that reason, I probably don't need a section on this one where we ask if anyone's got any questions for us because we've been going for nearly an hour. Uh, so if do you guys have anything else to add about any of the things that we talked about here? I don't think so. I it's think been so. a slow it's been a slow news week <laughs> slash month. I don't think yeah, no, I think that's that, that we've had stuff to talk about. New mutants, James. New mutants is <laughs> how are you two holding up with um no new comic book movies out every day or whatever Twitter would <laughs> complain about. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the, I'm... The multiplexes no longer have yeah, 30 comic book movies coming out all the I time. Yeah, I feel bereft of Marvel movies because it's been so long. But I mean, it's that's been to do with coronavirus. That's just... Like, <laughs> <laughs> <both end game. laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. It's been quite nice, to be honest. It's, it's it, nice I've been enjoying watching non-comic book movies. That's what I've been doing with my time. Yeah. Because <laughs> I am I only have the time to watch like one movie a week, and so I normally watch a comic movie. Mm. Have, have you been watching other movies, Seb? The brand. Um, well, I had to watch Bloodshot. <laughs> Blood, Bloodshot had to take up a movie. So, no, I've, I've been watching bits of TV. Do you know what I've ended up doing the most has been watching old sitcoms on gold. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been letting linear TV decide what I watch rather than choosing to watch things. <laughs> Retro. Yeah. Uh, and Andy asks, are comics actually coming out again yet? Uh, and I think next week Next week is when they restart, right? Some some DC stuff, and I think a bit of Marvel stuff came out digitally last week, but I don't know if anything did in print. Yeah. In the UK. Will, will we remember to start rebuying them? That's the question. Yeah, it's going to be interesting times. Mm. <laughs> But no, I am, I am, I am looking forward to when I actually finally get an evening that's not doing something like watching some movies that aren't kind of movies. I, I still haven't watched Knives Out. I want to rent Knives Out and watch that. I'm you haven't watched Knives Out. No, so it was the it was the film of 2019. I'm also just desperate for Parasite's home release because I want to see that again. 
I just want to do a podcast about Parasite. Like just just every week, just watch Parasite and talk about it. <laughs> and then maybe some weeks do Snowpiercer again. Oh, Snowpiercer TV show looks terrible. <laughs> we'll cover that when it comes around. I'm not optimistic. I think it looks awful. Um, but we'll see. You can come and join us for that if you want, Mike. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll happily dodge that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we're going to go because this is going to degenerate and it's half past ten. But thank you to everyone who has stuck with us and watched and commented along on YouTube. I did read all the comments, even the ones I didn't put up on screen. Uh, thanks for, for watching afterwards or listening to us on the podcast uh, if you did. Um, I always get to the end of these video ones and go, I'm not going to do the usual spiel, but then I have to remember it is being put out on the podcast feed. Thank you for listening or watching. Uh, we're going to be back with, we haven't settled on what our next main episode is, but we are, we're in discussions with a new guest. Who might be a new guest if they, if they get back to us. Uh, if not, we'll probably just, yeah, I don't know. Be back. <laughs> slick, very slick, Seb. <laughs> Right, it's Sunday night, it's late. Hosting is uh, a tough gig and I wouldn't want to do it myself. It is! Yeah, it all falls on me. Where's Joe when you need him? <laughs> you could be the next one, James. I've done a lot of these video hosts. Where can people hear more of, more of Mike, Seb? Uh, sorry, yeah, Mike, you're a guest. Mike, what, what have you been up to? What's the most recent thing that people can hear or read or whatever from you? Oh, wow. Okay, so I host a, a co-host podcast called Ghibli Attack, which is all about Studio Ghibli movies, um, so yeah, anime. Yeah. If, if you if you like that sort of thing but in terms of hear, hearing my voice i'm also i work on a a video essay strand for the bbc called inside cinema and inside games and i recently did a video essay about when movie stars are in video games it was really good I really oh thanks Ev. yeah you can find that on um on iplayer and then inside cinema is coming back in june and we have some really great that's exciting four to six minute long punchy essays <laughs> about all sorts of nerdy stuff um, starting off with a celebration of Studio Ghibli on the 30th anniversary of their opening. So, and uh, yeah, what is this nepotism? Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that, James. <laughs> Uh, thanks for watching and listening, everybody. I really appreciate you all sticking around. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you for our next episode. Uh, goodbye. 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 <laughs> Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.